Act Two of The Learned Woman by Moliere. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scene One Ariste, leaving Clitandra and still speaking to him. Yes, I will bring you an answer as soon as I can. I will press, insist, do all that should be done. How many things a lover has saved when one would suffice, and how impatient he is for all that he desires. Never. Scene two. Crisal, Ariste. Good day to you, brother. And to you also, brother. Do you know what brings me here? No, I do not. But I am ready to hear it, if it pleases you to tell me. You have known Clitandra for some time now? Certainly, and he often comes to our house. And what do you think of him? I think him to be a man of honor, wit, courage, and uprightness, and I know very few people who have more merit. A certain wish of his has brought me here, and I am glad to see the esteem you have for him. I became acquainted with his late father when I was in Rome. Ah! He was a perfect gentleman. So it is said. We were only about twenty-eight years of age, and upon my word we were both of us very gay young fellows. I believe it. We greatly affected the Roman ladies, and everybody there spoke of our pranks. We made many people jealous, I can tell you. Excellent. But let us come to what brings me here. Scene three. Belise entering softly and listening. Crisal, Ariste. The Tundra has chosen me to be his interpreter to you. He has fallen in love with Henriette. What? With my daughter? Yes. The Tundra is delighted with her, and you never saw a lover so smitten. Belise to Ariste. No, no, you are mistaken. You do not know the story, and the thing is not as you imagine. How so, sister? Clitandre deceives you. It is with another that he is in love. It is not with Henriette that he is in love. You are joking. No, I am telling the perfect truth. He told me so himself. Doubtless. You see me here, sister, commissioned by him to ask her of her father. Yes, I know. And he besought me, in the name of his love, to hasten the time of an alliance so desired by him. Better and better. No more gallant subterfuge could have been employed. But let me tell you that Henriette is an excuse, an ingenious veil, a pretext, brother, to cover another flame, the mystery of which I know, and most willingly will I enlighten you both. Since you know so much, sister, pray tell us whom he loves. You wish to know? Yes. Who is it? Me. You. Myself. Come, I say, sister. What do you mean by this come, I say? And what is there so wonderful in what I tell you? I am handsome enough, I should think, to have more than one heart in subjugation to my empire, and Dorant, Damis, Cleant, and Lycidas show well enough the power of my charms. Do those men love you? Yes, with all their might. They have told you so? No one would take such a liberty. They have, up to the present time, respected me so much that they have never spoken to me of their love. But the dumb interpreters have done their office in offering their hearts and lives to me. I hardly ever see Demis here. It is to show me a more respectful submission. Dorant, with sharp words, abuses you everywhere. It is the transport of a jealous passion. Clay, Aunt, and Lysidus are both married. It was the despair to which I had reduced their love. Upon my word, sister, these are mere visions. Crisal to Belise. You had better get rid of these idle fancies. Uh, idle fancies? 
they are idle fancies you think i have idle fancies really idle fancies is excellent i greatly rejoice at those idle fancies brothers and i did not know that i was addicted to idle fancies scene four chrysal ariste our sister is decidedly crazy it goes upon her every day but let us resume the subject that brings me here clotunder asks you to give him under yet in marriage tell me what answer can we make to his love do you ask it i consent to it with all my heart and i consider his alliance a great honour you know that he is not wealthy that that is a thing of no consequence he is rich in virtue and that is better than wealth moreover his father and i were but one mind in two bodies let us speak to your wife and try to hinder her favourable to it is enough i accept him for my son-in-law yes but to support your consent it will not be amiss to have her agree to it also let us go you are joking there is no need of this i answer from my wife and take the business upon myself but leave it to me i say and fear nothing i will go and prepare her this moment let it be so i will go and see henriette on a subject and will return to know it is a settled thing and i will go without delay and talk to my wife about it scene five chrysal martin just like my luck alas they be true sayings they be give a dog a bad name and hang him and one doesn't get fat in other folk's service what is it what is the matter with you martin what is the matter yes the matter is that i am sent away sir sent away yes mistress has turned me out i don't understand why has she oh i'm threatened with a sound beating if i don't go no you will stop here i am quite satisfied with you my wife is a little hasty at times and i will not know scene six philemont belise chrysal martine philemont sing martine what i see you here you hussy quick leave this place and never let me set my eyes upon you again gently no i will have it so what i insist upon her going but what has she done wrong that you wish her in this way to what you take her part certainly not you side with her against me oh dear me no i only ask what she is guilty of am i one to send her away without just cause i do not say that but we must with servants no she must leave this place i tell you let it be so who says anything to the contrary i will have no opposition to my will agreed and like a reasonable husband you should take my part against her and share my anger so i do turning towards martin yes my wife is right in sending you away baggage that you are your crime cannot be forgiven what is it all you've done then chrysal aside upon my word i don't know she is capable even now of looking upon it as nothing has she caused your anger by breaking some looking-glass or some china do you think that i would send her away for that and do you fancy that i should get angry for so little chrysal to martine what is the meaning of this to philemont the thing is of great importance then certainly did you ever find me unreasonable has she through carelessness allowed some ewer or silver dish to be stolen from us that would be of little moment chrysal to martine 
oh oh i say miss to philemont what has she shown herself dishonest it is worse than that worse than that worse Crisol to martin how the deuce you jade to philemont what has she she has with unparalleled impudence after thirty lessons insulted my ear by the improper use of a low and vulgar word condemned in express terms by vaugelas is that what in spite of our remonstrances to be always sapping the foundation of all knowledge of grammar which rules even kings and makes them with a high hand obey her laws i thought her guilty of the greatest crime what you do not think the crime unpardonable yes yes i should like to see you excuse her heaven forbid it is really pitiful all constructions are destroyed by her yet she has a hundred times been told the laws of the language all that you preach there is no doubt very fine but i don't understand your jargon not i did you ever see such impudence to call a language founded on reason and polite custom a jargon provided one is understood one speaks well enough and all your fine speeches don't do me no good you see is not that her way of speaking don't do me no good oh intractable brains how is it that in spite of the trouble we daily take we cannot teach you to speak with congruity in putting not with no you have spoken redundantly and it is as you have been told a negative too many oh my i ain't no scholar like you and i speak straight out as they speaks in our place ah who can bear it what a horrible solecism it is enough to destroy a delicate ear you are i must acknowledge very dull of understanding they is in the plural number and speaks is in the singular will you thus all your life offend grammar who speaks of offending the grammar or gaffer oh heavens the word grammar is misunderstood by you i have told you a hundred times where the word comes from faith let it come from shaylor or teal or pontoise i care precious little what a boorish mind grammar teaches us the laws of the verb and nominative case as well as of the adjective and substantive sure let me tell you ma'am that i don't know these people what martyrdom they are the names of words and you ought to notice how they agree with each other what does it matter whether they agree or fall out philemont to belise goodness gracious put an end to such a discussion to chrysal and so you will not send her away oh yes aside i must put up with her caprice go don't provoke her martine how you are afraid of offending the hussy you speak to her in quite an obliging tone i not not at all in a rough tone go leave this place in a softer tone go away my poor girl scene seven philemont chrysal belise she is gone and you are satisfied but i do not approve of sending her away in this fashion she answers very well for what she has to do and you turn her out of my house for a trifle do you wish me to keep her for ever in my service for her to torture my ears incessantly 
to infringe all the laws of custom and reason by a barbarous accumulation of errors of speech and of garbled expressions tacked together with proverbs dragged out of the gutters of all the market-places it is true that one sickens at hearing her talk she pulls vogela to pieces and the least effects of her gross intelligence are either pleonasm or cacophony what does it matter if she fails to observe the laws of vagalus provided she does not fail in her cooking i had much rather that while picking her herbs she should join wrongly the nouns to the verbs and repeat a hundred times a course of vulgar word than that she should burn my roast or put too much salt in my broth i live on good soup and not on fine language vagalus does not teach how to make broth and malherve and balzac so clever in learned words might in cooking have proved themselves but fools how shocking such a coarse speech sounds and how unworthy of one who calls himself a man to be always bent on material things instead of rising towards those which are intellectual is that dross the body of importance enough to deserve even a passing thought and ought we not to leave it far behind well my body is myself and i mean to take care of it dross if you like but my dross is dear to me the body and the mind brother exist together but if you believe all the learned world the mind ought to take precedence over the body and our first care our most earnest endeavour must be to feed it with the juices of science upon my word if you talk of feeding your mind you make use of but poor diet as everybody knows and you have no care no solicitude for ah solicitude is unpleasant to my ear it betrays strangely its antiquity it is true that it is dreadfully starched and out of fashion i can bear this no longer you will have me speak out then i will raise the mask and discharge my spleen every one calls you mad and i am greatly troubled at ah what is the meaning of this chrysal to belize i am speaking to you sister the least solecism one makes in speaking irritates you but you make strange ones in conduct your everlasting books do not satisfy me and except a big plutarch to put my bands in you should burn all this useless lumber and leave learning to the doctors of the town take away from the garret that long telescope which is enough to frighten people and a hundred other baubles which are offensive to the sight do not try to discover what is passing in the moon and think a little more of what is happening at home where we see everything going topsy-turvy it is not right and that too for many reasons that a woman should study and know so much to form the minds of her children to good manners to make her household go well to look after the servants and regulate all expenses with economy ought to be her principal study and all her philosophy our fathers were much more sensible on this point with them a wife always knew enough when the extent of her genius enabled her to distinguish a doublet from a pair of breeches she did not read but she lived honestly her family was the subject of all her learned conversation and for hooks she had needles thread and a thimble with which she worked at her daughter's trousseau women in our days are far from behaving thus they must write and become authors no science is too deep for them it is worse in my house than anywhere else the deepest secrets are understood and everything is known except what should be known everyone knows how to go the moon and the polar star venus saturn and mars with which i have nothing to do 
and in this vain knowledge which they go so far to fetch they know nothing of the soup of which i stand in need my servants all wish to be learned in order to please you and all alike occupy themselves with anything but the work they have to do reasoning is the occupation of the whole house and reasoning banishes all reason one burns my roast while reading some story another dreams of verses when i call for drink in short they all follow your example and although i have servants i am not served one poor girl alone was left me untouched by this villainous fashion and now behold she is sent away with a huge clatter because she fails to speak vagalus i tell you sister all this offends me for as i have already said it is to you i am speaking i dislike to see all those latin mongers in my house and particularly mr Trusultan. it is he who has turned your heads with his verses all his talk is mere rubbish and one is for ever trying to find out what he has said after he is done speaking for my part i believe he is rather cracked what coarseness oh heavens both in thought and language can there be a more gross assemblage of corpuscles a mind composed of more vulgar atoms is it possible that i can come from the same blood i hate myself for being of your race and out of pure shame i abandon the spot scene eight philemont chrysal have you any other shaft ready i no don't let us dispute any longer i've done let's speak of something else your eldest daughter shows a dislike to marriage in short she is a philosopher and i've nothing to say she is under good management and you do well by her but her younger sister is of a different disposition and i think it would be right to give Henriette a proper husband who it is what i have been thinking about and i wish to speak to you of what i intend to do this mr Trissotin on whose account we are blamed and who has not the honour of being esteemed by you is the man whom i have chosen to be her husband and i can judge of his merit better than you can all discussion is superfluous here for i have duly resolved that it should be so i will ask you also not to say a word of it to your daughter before i have spoken to her on the subject i can justify my conduct and i shall be sure to know if you have spoken to her scene nine ariste chrysal well your wife has just left and i see that you must have had a talk together yes and how did you succeed shall we have henriette has she given her consent is the affair settled not quite as yet does she refuse no then she hesitates not in the least what then well she offers me another man for a son-in-law another man for a son-in-law yes what is his name mr Tresultan. what that mr Tresultan? yes he who always speaks of verse in latin and you have accepted him i heaven forbid what did you say nothing i am glad that i did not speak and commit myself your reason is excellent and it is a great step towards the end we have in view did you not propose clotonda to her no for as she talked of another son-in-law i thought it was better for me to say nothing your prudence is to the last degree wonderful are you not ashamed of your weakness how can a man be so poor-spirited as to let his wife have absolute power over him and never dare to oppose anything she is resolved upon bah it is easy brother for you to speak you don't know what a dislike i have to a row and how i love rest and peace 
My wife has a terrible disposition. She makes a great show of the name of philosopher, but she is not the less passionate on that account, and her philosophy, which makes her despise all riches, has no power over the bitterness of her anger. However little I oppose what she has taken into her head, I raise a terrible storm which lasts at least a week. She makes me tremble when she begins her outcries. I don't know where to hide myself. She's a perfect virago, and yet, in spite of her diabolical temper, I must call her my darling and my love. You are talking nonsense. Between ourselves, your wife has absolute power over you only because of your own cowardice. Her authority is founded upon your own weakness. It is from you she takes the name of mistress. You give way to her haughty manners and suffer yourself to be led by the nose like a fool. What? You call yourself a man and cannot for once make your wife obey you and have courage enough to say, I will have it so? You will, without shame, see your daughter sacrificed to the mad visions with which the family is possessed. You will confer your wealth on a man because of half a dozen Latin words with which the ass talks big before them, a pendant whom your wife compliments at every turn with the names of wit and great philosopher whose verses were never equaled, whereas everybody knows that he is anything but all that. Once more, I tell you, it is a shame, and you deserve that people should laugh at your cowardice. Yes, you are right, and I see I am wrong. I must pluck up a little more courage, brother. That's right. It is shameful to be so submissive under the tyranny of a woman. Good. She has abused my gentleness. It is true. My easy-going ways have lasted too long. Certain. And today I will let her know that my daughter is my daughter and that I am the master to choose a husband for her according to my mind. You are reasonable now, and as you should be. You are for Clitandre, and you know where he lives. Send him to me directly, brother. I will go at once. I have borne it too long. I will be a man, and set everyone at defiance. End of Act Two